0: Welcome back, everybody. It's another brand new episode of the Crowd Noise Podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Martinez, on a Thursday, February 21st, 2019. It's a nice day today. Um, It's kind of cold, but not freezing. The sun is out. Um, I can't. I'm excited. I'm in a good mood today. Uh, I can't wait for spring and uh, eventually summer. Um, I just I love the heat. I am a warm weather body. I'm not built for the winter. Um, I don't enjoy the cold weather. Some people love it. Some people love snow and freezing wind, and you know their bones cracking, you know, because they're they're frozen solid. Well, I guess your bones, your bones are always solid anyway. But you get the point. You know, once you once you freeze something, it's easier to break it. Like you play as Sub Zero in Mortal Kombat. You know, he freezes people and then he shatters their you know their skulls in front of their in front of their families and friends. Uh, so it's easier to break things once they're frozen, but that's not the point. The point is it's starting to warm up. It's still like, not where I would like it. I think it's like, like 50 or 60 degrees today, but you know, comfortable, but I, I like like heat. I like it hot. like when they, you know, when they say they give out warnings, like do not go outside. You will die of overheating or exhaustion. You know that those are the days where I like to go out. And, you know, run around in circles. I, I love the heat, so I'm, I'm excited. You know, I'm just, um, you know, counting the days until summer starts. And uh, thank you to our, our good friend, uh, I don't even know his name, but the ground... Is it Phil? It is Phil. Phil the Groundhog. Uh, he brought spring early. Was it like two weeks or four weeks? I don't know how Groundhog Day works. It's pretty stupid. But I, it's only stupid when, when winter uh, is longer or lasts longer that's the only time it's stupid i love groundhog day when we get spring early so this year and i know groundhog day passed like weeks ago and i'm talking about it right now but it's i'm actually starting to see the effects or the signs of spring and that things are going to warm up so that makes me happy that makes me very happy i can't wait till it warms up i'm literally like i every day i wake up and i just i literally say to myself when i open my eyes in the morning we're one day closer to summer because i can't wait for the heat it's just, it's going to be great. I don't uh, I'm not afraid of the heat. I know some people hate it. You know, it's just dependent on what you are. Some people love the winter and they love being frozen and hate the heat. You know, they just they can't they can't stand when the sun is out. I am the exact opposite. I hate when it's cold and windy. Um I love I love when it's hot and I don't sweat. That's maybe that's part of it too. It's more of a biological thing. I just do not sweat. I get yeah, sweating is kind of gross and you don't want to feel like humid and like hot. Um, but I don't sweat. I do sun. I do burn easily. That is one thing. I, I have <laughs> lily white skin, so I do burn incredibly easily. But that really doesn't that doesn't turn me away enough just just because I like to be warm. So I mean, yeah. There's that. This is a sports podcast. If you haven't uh, guessed already, we have some great stuff today. Now, I mean, maybe not headline like. You know, Anthony Davis requesting a trade headline stuff. But I like what we have today. I think we have a great lineup um, because I love basketball. Basketball is my favorite sport. Um, it's just so much fun. I love basketball. I'm, I'm doing my best Bill Walton here. Um, somebody get me a, a, a candle. We have some... We obviously, last night, if you didn't watch Tobacco Road, you made a mistake. I don't know what else you were doing other than watching that game. It was wild. I mean, 30 seconds in. Zion Williamson explodes his shoe. He blows up his shoe. Um, it doesn't sound as cool as I just drew it. He actually had to leave the game, um, and that injury was diagnosed as a mild knee sprain. Now, I don't know what mild means. It's easy to say mild when it's not your knee, but that's what it's being listed as, uh, a timetable for his return, if at all. Well, it should be dropped um, today, maybe tomorrow, probably more so tomorrow. Um, And I say maybe because a lot of people are saying uh, Zion Williamson is probably the number one overall pick. I mean, it doesn't matter who's drafting, Zion Williamson will probably be the number one overall pick in the NBA draft. So they're saying, you know, this is a sign, like what if this was an ACL or an Achilles? Uh, Do you want to cost yourself millions of dollars and potentially your career? Just shut it down, don't play. We're going to talk about that um, and talk about the Duke Carolina game last night, which was uh, a great, and I was very disappointed to see Zion Williamson go, well, number one, you never want to see anyone get hurt, that's, you know, bottom line, you don't want to see anybody get injured, but number two, because it gave people, um, you know, the out for Duke, because they got, they got blown out last night, Uh, the score maybe doesn't reflect that so much, but they, they were dominated, you know, beginning to end, and I hate that, you know, a lot of people are, you know, they're going to be throwing out, well, Zion didn't play, and he was out, so, you know, they, they they lost that game he only played 30 seconds. So it's not like they pulled Zion left the game and then it fell out of control and then Duke lost the game. No, they were they were dominated wired to wire um by Carolina at home and you know it just proves my point that I made way back uh, in the early days of crowd noise when I was, we start uh, at the beginning of the season I want to say it was November it should have been because that's when the college basketball season started. Uh, I said, you know, Duke will not make the Final Four. I guarantee they will not make the Final Four. I like the veteran teams more than the freshman one-and-done stack teams, uh, and everyone thought I was an idiot. And uh, they they got blown out by Carolina last night at home. And Carolina is a, very, is a you know a veteran-led squad. They do have uh, uh, Kobe White and uh, Nasir Little who are both freshmen, um, but they are mostly it's Carolina. They are built up and down. With veterans, Roy Williams does a great job of you know building teams, um, and then here and there they'll bring it, they'll get cute, and they'll bring in a five star. Which I agree, I like that method, bring in that five star guy to put you over the top. Don't make them the foundation. We're gonna get into that, um, and then it's back everybody, uh, NBA playoff or stay off parentheses by TV um, teams. <laughs> we did this little while uh, I think it was I want to say like three or four weeks into the NBA season where. Um, you know, I kind of predicted teams uh, on the bubble. You know, six to ten, six to twelve range. Will they make the playoffs? Will they stay in the playoffs? Will they fall out? All that stuff. We did that way early in the season, and that that episode actually had pulled some pretty good numbers. Um, and I didn't want to do it every single week because then that just that wouldn't make any sense. So I have saved it for the the NBA is back tonight. Uh, it's the first games back from the all-star break Uh, we are going to be doing there's only uh, less than 20 games uh, in the season for every team it's not like the mlb all-star break where it's the exact midpoint of the season it's like three quarters of the season maybe more um, and a few games left so we're going to be talking about what teams are going to hang on and make the nba playoffs which teams are going to fall off which teams are going to leapfrog other teams we're going to do that and then quote of the week we got a good one we have a pretty good quote of the week so Let's go ahead and get right into it. We're starting off uh with college basketball. Finally, I mean it's already February and we're just starting now talking about college basketball. That's that's on me. I mean obviously I I, I do the show. I, I talk about, you know, what we're gonna talk about. But there's been so much going on, especially in the NFL. And then in the NBA with Anthony Davis and LeBron and the Lakers, there's been so much. And the only storyline in college basketball has been Zion Williamson. And I I've Gotten real tired of that. I don't have anything against Ion Williamson. I'm just... There's no real storylines. It's more of what did he do last night? Did you see what he did in practice? There's no real stories. Nothing, you know, with a lot of depth. Now there is. Um, but we're starting with the game last night. Duke and Carolina. Tobacco Road. The greatest rivalry in college basketball. Perhaps in college sports. Now, you could make an... You can throw the Iron Bowl out there. You can throw uh, Ohio State-Michigan there. I wouldn't argue with you. But... uh I mean, they're all they're all great. I love basketball. I'm going to give a slight edge to, deba- to Tobacco Road and think about the competitiveness of that rivalry. I mean, I think it's like the 143rd straight game where at least one team was ranked. So for 140-some-odd games, at least Duke or Carolina were ranked in the top 25. And uh, I don't even know how many times it was that they were both ranked in the top 10, which they were. Duke was number one. Uh, they're going to drop. And North Carolina, number eight, I expect them to leapfrog in the top five, potentially the top four. So, you know, you can't argue how great of a rivalry it is because it's they're so competitive. Both programs are great year in and year out. It's not always the case in the Iron Bowl, and it's not always the case um, with Michigan and Ohio State. But that's not the point of the argument. Um, I don't know if you watched it or not, uh, I certainly did. It was a great game. I enjoyed it. I, I picked... Now, I didn't go on record. We didn't pick uh, the game last week. But I did pick Carolina to win. Um, Carolina is one of the most under-the-radar teams. And it's it's so weird to say North Carolina's under the... They're a sleeper team. No one talks about North Carolina. They really, and they're a top-ten team. And they dominated Duke last night. Um, and it was just... I mean, they were just in control. It was just so in command. Um, it was a good game. You know, Duke didn't... Uh, you know, they didn't roll over. It wasn't, you know, complete domination. It was just more so uh Roy Williams had his guys ready to go. And uh, for whatever reason, Duke just, they just looked out of sorts. I would assume, you know, the Zion Williamson injury kind of shook them a little bit and then maybe probably threw them off their game. But nonetheless, uh, North Carolina came to play. Um, and I love the strategy that they had in that game. Everyone is so infatuated with Duke's stars as they should be i mean rj barrett i think is the best player in the country i think he's better than zion williamson personally but everyone focuses on zion's uh ridiculous dunks as do i i mean they're fun to watch but you know you can get caught up in you know the the luster of the offense of duke and, and the dunking and the fast breaks without really you got to really watch basketball that's a lot of thing. that's a lot of problem i have a lot of people they're not truly watching the game. They're looking at it, but they're not watching the game. What's going on? Um, and the reason I say that is because if you ask a lot of people, you know, common maybe not I don't want to say novice, but you know, the casual college basketball fan, uh, what do they think about Duke this year? They'll tell you they're the best team in the country, and that's not an um, an egregious statement. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if someone said they're the best team in the nation. I could see that. Um, and, you know, you could really make that argument. I really wouldn't argue against that. I just personally, again, going back to I don't feel young, freshman-led teams do very well in the tournament. That's just my opinion. And, uh, you know, I've, I've showed the statistics the past, I think, six Final Fours. You can't find... The last one that I can remember is really um, Anthony Davis in Kentucky. That was, like, in, in 2012, 2011. That was a long time ago. Um, so going going back to Duke, got a little bit off track there. This is what happens, and I love it. I love getting off track because that shows just how much I love college basketball. That I can go off tangent and just talk about a million other things. Um, so you know, keep me honest, please, because I'm I'm gonna need I'm gonna need some help when I'm talking about uh, college basketball and specifically Tobacco Road. But everyone focuses on Duke's offense and what they can do and how many points they score, how many did RJ Barrett have, how many did Zion have, and they yeah they're they're. They're a highlight real team, and they're really great. That's a good thing. You know, it's not a, that's not a bad thing to be. Uh, Virginia is the, the anti-Duke. You know, they're the most boring team in the, in the nation to watch. They play at, I think, like, um, 350-second slowest pace in the nation does the, the Virginia Cavaliers. So they're the exact They win as many games as Duke. They win a lot of games just like Duke, but they don't get the attention because they're not as exciting. And uh, I think a lot of people's, you know, perception of Duke is incorrect. Um, and the reason I say that is because everyone looks at Duke as an offensive powerhouse. They can just throw all these guards at you, these top, these five-star one and done. And that's true, but that's not Duke's identity. Duke is not an up-and-down-the-court offensive juggernaut. They were last year. Last year with Marvin Bagley, Wendell Carter, Grayson Allen, uh, Javel Delorier also. Well, I don't even know why I threw him out there. David Deloria gets on my nerves. He makes a lot of dumb turnovers, but that's besides the point. Anyway, they had, last year they were an offensive juggernaut. They couldn't play defense to save their lives. They actually ran zone. A Duke basketball team was running a zone defense last year. It was, un, it was unbelievable. It was like watching Syracuse play man defense. I don't know. It was, it was unbelievable to see. Um, that's not what Duke is this year. They will man you up and physically overpower you and overwhelm you on the defensive end. And the reason you see all these dunks and highlight plays um, is because they play such great defense. They force turnovers. They all, I, I said that, um, and I didn't have the show way back when, but this is what, part of the reason why I wanted the Lakers to draft Aaron Fox is because Magic Johnson wanted to get back to showtime and running up, to, running, running up and down the floor. But my point is, if you want to run up and down the floor and get fast breaks, what do you need to do? You have to get stops and turnovers on defense. So, um, you know, I felt De'Aaron Fox is a better on-ball defender than Lonzo Ball and maybe more uh, aggressive than Lonzo Ball. And uh, you can't argue with me there because De'Aaron Fox has been playing. Okay, and Lonzo Ball hasn't. That's a completely different tangent. But everyone pays attention to Duke's offense, and they're not an offensive team. They are a defensive team. Um, they just—they play great. R.J. Barrett's a great defender. Trey Jones is probably the best individual defender in the country. He's a second coming of uh, Javon Carter. Uh, Zion Williamson could play two through five essentially. I mean, he's—he's he's a freak of nature. Cam Reddish is saying He can play one through four. I mean, they can—they match up so well. It's a perfect team for um, uh, Coach Kuzmetski's man defense because they can switch. They can switch everything. They're great. But here's the problem. When you run into a team that plays like Carolina, fast and offensive, they're, I think, the best team in the nation rebounding the ball offensively. They get a lot of second chances. They score the ball well. They're a great passing team. Duke can get in a lot of trouble because they're not a team that can play from behind. Last year they could, and they did a lot. They did play from behind a lot because they couldn't stop anybody. But they had the offensive power to come back and you know trade trade buckets you know with teams and run up and down the floor that is not this year's Duke team. They can't play well from behind. They got down early. I think it was ten. Then it became twenty. Then twenty two. You know, and then they they made some runs at it. Um, did Duke? They made some runs and they were chipping away at the lead. I think they brought it down to eight. Was the closest uh, deficit or maybe even six uh, in the second half. And North Carolina just kept pouring it on. Um, and the reason that's not saying that Duke's defense was bad, per se, last night. It's just that when you put a defensive team in a hole, it's a lot more difficult for them to get out than an offensive I've always said I'd rather take an offensive team than a defensive team because an offensive team can get a stop when they absolutely need to. A defensive team does not always... You can't guarantee a bucket. You, a defensive team will not always get a bucket when they absolutely have to you know, or they or make a run when they need to. And you saw it last year with Virginia. They got down. They got into a dogfight with UMBC. No pun intended. UMBC's the the retrievers. That's their mascot. Um, and they just couldn't come back from it because that they weren't built to come back um, out of a hole. They were built to put teams in holes and then keep them there. They weren't built uh, the other way around. And that's kind of how Duke is right now. Um, and I don't think I honestly believe it has nothing to do with Zion Williamson's injury he only played 30 seconds he had no impact on the game he might as well not have played at all actually it would have been better if he didn't play at all because then we wouldn't we wouldn't have had this injury um it was a freak accident i mean he planted his foot and literally his foot went through his shoe it didn't come out of his shoe and went through it now if everything works out and i hope it does and he heals fine and he comes back and plays this season uh, you know we're going to be talking about this story like a bo jackson story like remember the time zion Williamson put so much force that he ripped through a shoe like I hope that's what we I hope we can look back on this and joke and joke about it you know rather than that was a terrible point and maybe the tipping point of Zion Williamson's career I really hope he you know he gets healed and you know here he walked off on his own power pretty quickly so that was a good sign they said it was a left knee or a mild knee sprain so that's a good sign that nothing's torn in there so uh, you know there's that Uh, and then they got blown out by Carolina and I don't think they got blown out because Zion Williamson was out of the game. They were North Carolina was in command from the very beginning of that game. They ran up and down, they forced Duke to play their style, not the other way around. So many teams are focused on stopping Duke. How do you stop Duke? How do you get how do you guard Zion Williamson? How do you guard RJ Barrett? How the better question is how do you score on Duke? And I feel like they were exposed last night by Carolina because Carolina that's what they do. They love to run up and down the court, they want to play fast, that's, that's Carolina basketball, that's just the definition, like Duke plays man defense, Syracuse plays zone defense, Carolina wants to run, so um, they just, it worked so well, they didn't try to overthink things, Roy Williams had a great game plan, um, you know, for beating Duke, and they did, but the bigger question from this game, is what impact does Zion Williamson's injury have on the rest of the college basketball season as a whole, because he's such a great player and Duke is, I mean, they were the number one team in the nation. This injury impacts everybody. And uh, a lot of people are talking about, um, you know, he should probably shut it down. He's probably the end of his college career. Um, not because the injury injury is so severe, but because he should just pack it up and get ready. Um, for the NBA draft and that and everyone is saying he needs to shut it down this is terrible you know he can't you know uh, jeopardize your career I agree with that point you don't want to jeopardize your career but I don't like the message that it's sending to the rest of the nation and specifically to his own team uh, on Duke he has two guys on that team that can go number two and number three right behind him at number one, being R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish. So what that message is one of two things: either, hey guys, my draft stock is more important than yours. I don't want to get hurt. You guys, good luck. You know, I'll see you guys in March or I'll see you at the draft. Uh, what suits are you guys gonna be wearing? Or number two, hey, don't end up like me. You guys should shut it down too because R.J. Barrett I feel is a better basketball player than Zion Williamson. So if Zion Williamson is taking the rest of the year off, then Art, what is? I don't understand what the case is for R.J. Barrett. Well, you didn't get hurt, so you have to play. I don't understand that. And Zion Williamson, they asked him before, hey, would you consider shutting it down? He said, Absol- no, absolutely not. I'm, I'm playing for my teammates. So, I mean, we don't know just yet. And I'm going to check you know, the notifications now just because you, you never know. These things can come out of nowhere. But, uh, but to this point, he hasn't said, made a statement. I mean, the game was just last night. He hasn't made a statement as far as if he's going to play or if he isn't. I would like to see him play. Now, with that being said, I do believe that the one-and-done rule needs to be abolished. It needs to be destroyed. you got to get rid of it because, obviously, Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett are both ready for the NBA. Uh, R.J. Barrett had 33 points. Okay, I'm taking a quick second here. Um, Kind of a problem. Not a situation. This is a small problem. Uh, I put my phone on Do Not Disturb. I record with my phone. This is a very professional operation that I run. I put my phone on Do Not Disturb. And it denies one call, but it doesn't deny two after the second one the call goes through. So some idiot uh, in Horizon called me like four times right now, uh, interrupted my recording. So uh, yeah, it's no big deal. We're just going to pick off you know, right where we left off. So anyway, uh, you know, aside from... I just wanted to address... I didn't want it to go from talk, me talking about one thing directly to talking about you know, something else because then it's, it just sounds weird. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. But... Going back to Zion Williamson, you know, should one and done, all that stuff. They gotta get rid of the one and done rule because there are guys that are clearly ready for the NBA. Oh, and that's where we left off. RJ Barrett had thirty three, Cam Reddish had twenty-seven. These guys are ready, you know, and John Morant, I feel, is ready too. There's a there's a lot of players um that I feel are ready for the NBA. And potentially maybe if we get rid of that one-and-done rule, then there's less pressure. We might not even see that many players go directly to the NBA. Think about how many players even went from high school straight to the NBA anyway. Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant, LeBron, um, and not that many after that. Michael Jordan went to college. Kevin Durant went to college. Carmelo went to college. And then if they want to go one-and-done from there, that's fine. And there's no argument because it's their decision. You have to give the decision to the players. Don't make the decision for them because it's not your career. You're not the ones... Who's jeopardizing millions of dollars is not fair for the ncaa to make that decision for these athletes but with that being said as long as the rule is in place if you're out of school i feel like you should play and i don't like this for college football either guys taking off they don't want to play with their in their bowl games i really i really don't like that um i'd like to see these guys play and especially in the big ones you know the rose bowl the sugar bowl the new Year's six and then the guys usually don't take off you know the playoff games in college football but I'd like to see Zion Williamson come back and finish the year because he has two other guys that are going to be lottery picks as well on that team. And I don't know what kind of message you're sending to them if you take yourself out of the equation. But by the same token, they're still playing. Um, so with that, I feel like Zion, I would like to see Zion Williamson still play. I feel like he's going to make the decision to take the rest of the year off, which I personally don't like. I would like just to see him go straight from Spartanburg directly the nba but that's not how it is the rule is in place right now i'd like to see him play out the rest of the year um and he's playing for coach k one of the smartest the greatest basketball coach of all time he's not going to run him in the ground he's going to use him correctly and and wisely he's not going to come back directly you know first game back he's going to play 40 minutes it's not going to be like that um i'd like to see him play the rest of the year at duke i don't think that's going to happen but for the sake of the argument let's assume that he does um, and so, what does this loss mean? Now, number one, what does the injury for Zion Williamson mean for Duke? If Zion Williamson is injured and he does decide to play, or excuse me, he does decide to forego the rest of the season, Duke is finished. They're not making it past the, the second round, or they'll probably get they'll probably get out of the second round. And after that, I would I would proceed with caution. I would not trust Duke without Zion Williamson past the first weekend. I I think he makes that much of a difference on that team. If he is on the team however, if he does play with Duke, I still would I still hold, you know, the the opinions that I had, the hot takes that I had in the beginning of the season, I would not pick them to go to the final four. I don't know if they would make it to the elite 8 to be quite honest. So maybe Zion Williams said it wouldn't really matter if he <laughs> if he, if he played or not because I am just I am not a believer. I do not put put a lot of faith in these freshman-led teams. And just look at the numbers last night. Uh, Carolina, Luke May, good Lord. I mean, he had himself a game. And he always plays well against Duke. I forgot what his numbers were last year, but I remember he had a great game. Uh, Luke May, 30 points and 15 rebounds, a double-double. That's a that's a monster game. He's a senior for Carolina. Then you look at Duke. Um, RJ Barrett, 33. Cam Riddish, 27, as I said earlier. No other Duke player, not starter, no other Duke player had double-digit points. And I think that pretty much just illustrates everything that I've said um, about these freshman teams. You can't make them the entire team. You have to have a foundation of veteran players, juniors, seniors, even sophomores. I mean, they have some experience in their belts. You can't because past R.J. Barrett and past Cam Reddish and past Zion Williamson, Duke has nothing. They have no one, clearly nobody off the bench or any other starter who can pick up the slack and take over games and be a leader. Um, you have to have all three of them to even have a chance. And even at that point, me personally, I don't feel it's enough for them to win a national title or get to the Final Four. So without Zion Williamson, they, they don't stand a chance. They really, really don't. I'd like to see him play the rest of the year. Um, and I, I, I feel like he will not. There's so much support for him to sit out the rest of the year from NBA players um, that I think it's just going to be a little bit too much pressure for him. At that point, to come back and play. With so many people telling you you shouldn't play, it almost feels like you're adding more pressure on yourself to perform when you are playing. I think he will take the rest of the year off. And think about this potentially. Um, What does this do to R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish? Because like I said before, it does one of two things. There's Zion Williamson's career means more you know then RJ Barretts or Cam Reddishs or he's saying hey you guys should probably sit out the rest of the year also so duke could potentially lose 3 of their three best players all in one weekend so uh, yeah this loss it could turn out to be a very big situation for duke especially i mean number 1 cuz they lost and they kind of got exposed in my opinion and number 2 because they could be losing number 1 their best player and number 2 and 3 their two and three best players um there's our college, but we didn't have too much left. We kind of got towards the tail end of it right there before that idiot had to interrupt my uh, recording session. But, uh, you know, there's our college basketball. Moving on to the NBA playoff or stay off. It's finally back and the NBA season uh, resumes tonight. Or, But first, uh, time for the ads, right? Yeah, there's something. Yeah, we had to put, okay, so that was our first section. Now time for the ads, the NBA playoff or stay off. Here we go. As we did earlier in the NBA regular season, if we call it our NBA playoff or stay off my TV in June, it's a very—I uh, I literally threw it together like during—I would like during the podcast as I was co- recording, I was trying to come up with the name because, uh, like I said, this is a very professional operation that we we plan everything just seconds before it happens. And uh, we came we came up with the NBA playoff or stay off my TV during the playoffs. It's very it's very creative, you know. I I, I know. So we have, um, what it is, is we look at the, and I kind of, you know, kind of defined it a little bit, try to make it a little bit more, uh, I guess, I don't know what the word is, but I guess more realistic, you know, don't just pick teams, are they going to make the playoffs or not? The def- the definition for an NBA playoff or stay off contender is 6 to 12. So if you're in the 6th seed or in the twelve range outside looking in, will you make the playoffs or will you not? Will you, what's going to happen? So... Um, so that, those are the qualifications. You got to be from six to 12 in that range because over six, you're getting in and behind 12, we'll talk to you in the lottery. So we're doing both Eastern and Western conference and I'm looking at the standings right now. Let's just go through one through eight just so you get an idea of who's, who's, who, like who's in the playoffs right now and who's going to make it. Uh, in the East, number one seed are the Milwaukee Bucks. Then you have the Raptors. The Man, the Pacers are in the third seed still. Wow, good for them. They're going to get bounced in the first round, but good for them, uh, you know, for hanging on after Victor Oladipo's injury. Uh, then number four, the Boston Celtics, number five, the 76ers, and here's what we think is starting to get interesting. Uh, the Nets at number six, the Hornets at number seven, the Pistons eight, and, uh, well, okay, those are your top eights, and then we'll get into the 12 uh, in just a second. In the West, you have number one, the Golden State Warriors, Number two, the Denver Nuggets. Three, the Thunder. Four, the Trailblazers. Five, the Rockets. Six, the Jazz. Seven, the Spurs. And eight, the L.A. Clippers, owned by the most obnoxious man in the NBA uh, that doesn't have a last name starting with Ball. or actually, it does start with Ball. I, lie, I lied there. Steve Ballmer. I meant their last name is Ball, but he actually no wonder. That's why he's so obnoxious. His name starts with his last name starts with Ball. And then he added the myrrh on there, so it's just it's twice as obnoxious. Steve Ballmer, he's the most obnoxious person. It used to be Mark Cuban, just because he was so eccentric. Now it's Steve Ballmer because he's just obnoxious. He's like a, a little child. He just goes around screaming, and he's bald, and he's fat. I hate Steve Ballmer. Um, I can't stand him. I can't stand him one bit. I hate him. And I hate Microsoft, too. He's a, did he Does he own Microsoft, or he used to own it? He didn't create it. Bill Gates... Created it. I don't know, maybe not. I'm I might be punching above my weight class here, both figuratively and literally. Ha <laughs> got him. Okay, so moving on. This show is uh yeah, I see why we're not on the front page now. So going into our NBA playoff or stay off, which teams do I think are gonna hang on and which teams do I think are gonna fall off? Let's go to the East first because I think that one's gonna be a little bit easier to predict. Because if you look at uh past eight, you have number nine, the heat, then the magic at ten. 11, the Wizards at number 12, the Hawks. And even that, I mean, we're really pushing it there. I don't even think we need to go that far for the East. So really, I mean, we could lower it down to like 7 to 10, really, because I don't. Th- the Wizards are not getting in Bradley Beal by himself. And they shipped out Otto Porter, so they're not getting in. Uh, moving to 10, the Magic, I don't see them making a run. How, m- how far are they behind uh, the Pistons? The Pistons are 26 and 30, and the Magic are 27 30 and 32 so a game and a half they're not that far back uh okay so the pistons and the heat are both tied 26 and 30 they have the same record but i guess the pistons hold a tiebreaker over them they're in the eighth seed right now um and then the hornets are 27 and 30 so you have the hornets the pistons the heat and the magic all separated by you know one or two games two and a half games uh i kind of feel like the the pistons will hang on they have Drummond. they have blake griffin they have good players there. I think they will hang on. The Hornets, I feel, are going to drop. Something tells me that the Pistons are going to leapfrog them and the Heat will leapfrog them. The Magic, I don't see. And Mar- Markel Fultz, uh, I you know I love him. I went off, was it last week or two weeks ago, how he's going to be you know a great player, but he's not going to take over and propel them into the playoffs this year. I think the Charlotte Hornets will fall out of the playoffs from 7 down to, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11, and the Heat will replace them, and the Pistons will take that 7th spot. Uh, in the East and other than that I mean no one's falling out the Nets I love the Nets also you guys know that I can't stop talking about the Brooklyn Nets I I, they need to get in on the Anthony Davis sweepstakes because if you put Anthony Davis on the Nets all hell is going to break loose so um, I think the Nets will hang on they're at six too I mean that'd be that'd be a really hard fall if they went from six to out of the playoffs Um, and think about what this does for the Hornets Kimball Walker's a free agent this year if they miss the playoffs again now you kind of add another free agent into that, you know, that, that free agent pool, another player into that free agent pool uh, that LeBron James has just been swimming in. You know, he's been doing uh, backstrokes left and right. He's just trying to get, he's trying to get anybody on the Lakers. Uh, Kemba Walker and LeBron James. That team would definitely make the playoffs. Uh, speaking of those Lakers, going to the West now. Uh, number six, the Jazz. Number seven, the Spurs. And the Clippers at number eight. The Kings at nine. The Lakers at ten. The Timberwolves at 11 and the Mavericks at 12. Um, I don't see. See, and I said it to start the very first NBA playoff or stay off. Uh, I said the Mavericks. I think were like number three or four. They were in like the top five or six uh, seeds in the West. And I said, got they're not going to make the playoffs. They're just way too young. They're you know that. Their year is next year, and especially after adding, we didn't. No one had any idea they were going to add Kristaps Porzingis. But they're a year or two away, you know, from making the playoffs, and then another year away from, uh, you know, being like finals contenders. Which I think they will be. I think Kristaps and Luca is going to be a duo that we're going to be talking about for a very long time. Um, but the Mavericks will not make it. The Timberwolves have been terrible. Uh the first few games they got rid of Jimmy Butler they were playing really well. I think they were like 3 or 4 and oh or something like that. They had a good stretch right after Jimmy Butler left and then uh, you know they figured out they can't win without him. You know, they just they haven't been playing very well. So we're going to cut it off at 10 meaning the Lakers are right on the chopping block. They're right there on the outside looking in there behind the Kings and the Clippers immediately and then you know going further up the Spurs and the Jazz. Uh, the Spurs, I felt, would make the play. I, I knew they would make the playoffs because they essentially added an All Star. Um, Kawhi did not play last year, so they literally got an All Star for a player they were that wasn't playing. So they they added a piece. Uh, were are they? Finals contenders or second round? Will they make the second round? Uh, they're playing the Thunder, so the answer is hell no. But I'd like that. You know, I'm good for them. They're making the playoffs. You know, they're just the definition of consistency. I don't know how many years in a row now that would be that they play, you know, in the postseason. Uh, and then, so the jazz at number six, yeah, they'll make it. That's it. Moving on. They got, you know, they got, uh, Joe Ingles, perhaps the greatest basketball player who has ever walked this planet, uh, you know, behind Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, and then they have Donovan Mitchell who's really kind of, he was really turning it on before the all-star break. Um, we'll see how much of a, you know, we'll, we'll see. Because a lot of guys, they kind of they want they go one of two ways. Out of the rest, does them good, or they you know they kind of they lose their rhythm a little bit and then they come out slow right out of the All Star break. So we'll see with the Jazz. I expect them to get into the playoffs. Uh, I don't think they'll jump the Rockets, or maybe they will. It depends on if you know the Rockets jump the Trailblazers uh, from five to four. Um, will the Jazz potentially get to that five spot? Um, I don't know if they will. Oh, okay. So I was wrong. The Jazz will play the Thunder. And the Spurs will play the Nuggets if the playoffs started right now. Uh the Spurs are seven. The Nuggets are two. Uh the Spurs won't win that anyway, so I guess I didn't really mess up uh, that bad. So that leaves us with three teams. I think the Spurs will make it. The Jazz will make it. We haven't really been we've just been really just labeling off teams. We haven't been going too far in depth. The Spurs will make it. They will stay in the playoffs. They will play off. Because this is playoff or stay-off. I have to, I have to label. So going back to the East. Just really quick, Hornets. Stay off uh, my TV. Uh, heat. Playoff. They will be in the playoffs. This is a terrible segment. But you guys, this is ter, this segment is so lazy. But you guys, it's you love it. The last time it, it pulled in really great numbers, so I'm banking on that again. Uh, the Clippers, 32 and 27. The Kings behind them. I guess it's a game and a half. A game and a half. They're thirty and twenty-seven and the Lakers are currently under hundred. Twenty-eight and twenty-nine. Okay, okay, here it is right here. The Kings are one full game. They are one game back of the Clippers, and the Lakers are two are three games back of the Clippers and two behind the Kings. That's a really, really tough timeline. Look, the Clippers kind of selling out on this year a little bit. They shipped out Tobias, they shipped out Bobon. Um, you know, trying to clear up more cap and really trying to, uh, you know, get ready for this summer. Um, So I think they will, boom, stay off. I feel like the Clippers, despite, if they, I mean, they don't want the Lakers to make it in any way. If there are two teams in the West, specifically in the West, we're not talking about in the NBA because there's one team in particular who truly hate the Los Angeles Lakers, but they don't play in the West. But if there are two teams in the West that hate the Lakers the most, it has to be the Clippers and the Kings. And conveniently, they're both the two teams ahead of the Lakers. Immediately, they're going to try and keep them out of the playoffs. Um, I don't think the Clippers have, you know, the firepower. Especially only being one game ahead of the Kings, um, I don't think they have the firepower to, you know, hang on to that eighth spot. Uh, I think the Clippers will stay off and they will miss the playoffs. The Kings and the Lakers. Now, this is tough for me because I want to see the Kings in the playoffs. I like the Kings. You know how much I love De'Aaron Fox. Um, I've been surprised with Marvin Bagley. I didn't think he would be as good as he is. I like the way the Kings had been drafting up until Marvin Bagley. Then, then I, I really didn't like that pick. But he has been playing very well. Um, but they also they have the Lakers and King James stalking them constantly. And you know LeBron James says he's activated his playoff mode early this year. Whatever that means. But you cannot count out LeBron, mother effing James. I mean, he's not going to... And I said this a few weeks ago. There was no way that LeBron James is going to prove... Everyone who said he can't play in the West, he's never going to win outside of the East, he's not going to prove those teams right now. Here's the tricky part. The Lakers cannot afford to get in at number 8. If you get in at 8, you might as well just miss the playoffs because you're not beating the Warriors. At that point, I'd feel better about the Lakers if they just said... Hey, LeBron, how about instead of going in the playoffs for no good reason, well, how about you just take a long summer and rejuvenate for next year? That would actually be smart um, because you're not going to do anything at that eighth spot going up against the Warriors. So you have to get up to seven, and then a dream scenario, well, actually, no. The Lakers have to get, I was going to say six, but at the sixth spot, you'd be playing the Thunder, and that's actually an even worse matchup, I think, because the Warriors have, you know, kind of fatigue a little bit um and they're playing lebron always has something up his sleeve he's taking it to the warriors he got swept last year but they should have won game one we're not going to get into that so i think i mean i think he would stand he's not beaten either of those two teams the thunder or the warriors but i think it would be a little bit more respectable if he played the warriors quite honestly i don't know why but i feel like he'd actually win one game against the warriors um rather than the thunder because think i mean you saw how many uh, was it um well, it wasn't. They did play on Christmas, but a few weeks ago they played in Oakland, and there was a huge uh, Laker uh, fan traveling there. They were chanting, "We want Thompson." So there will be Laker fans there. Laker fans are not going to Oklahoma. If you asked the fans outside of Staples Center to point out on a map where Oklahoma City is, they there's your answer. They're not going to have any help out there. So I think they would. You know, it'd be a more interesting series if they went to Oakland. They'd still probably lose in five but it would i mean he'd win one game so you want to get to 7 because at 7 you would play the Denver Nuggets and honestly at that point the Lakers have a chance to make some noise at full health i honestly feel lebron james can beat the denver nuggets i really do i don't th- i mean cuz you know they're a good team i love nikola jokic he's one of my favorite players also but they don't have anyone like LeBron James. The Warriors have like four guys like LeBron James. So I really think if they get to that seventh spot, they have a chance to make some noise. And then who would they play after that? They'd probably play, is it Portland or uh, no? No, okay. So they'd be playing the, the highest seed available because they just beat the second seed. Let me try and do some math here. 1-8, and 2-7. and seven. Three and six, four and five. They'd probably play the Rockets. Okay, well they wouldn't win that one either. But I mean, at least they make it into. They'd win, you know, a first round series. It wouldn't be, you know, a one and done. You just walk in and then walk out. The, it's uh, Bart Simpson's grandpa that that gift where he just walks in, puts his coat, uh, he puts his hat on the coat rack, takes it off, and then he leaves the building. You don't want that. So the Lakers actually, it's not enough for them to pass the Kings and the Clippers. They have to pass the Spurs. Uh, that's going to be tough. And I think they have what is it, the fifth toughest remaining schedule in the league so it nothing the odds are not in their favor I think the Kings will win games they are going to pressure the Lakers up until the very last game I would imagine the last game of the season for the Lakers being essentially like a wild card game in baseball if you win you're in if you lose you're done Um, but in that scenario I'm putting my money on LeBron James I like De'Aaron Fox I like the Kings but like the Mavericks I feel it's just not their time yet. LeBron James, he's not missing the playoffs. The Lakers, playoffs, Kings will stay off. I don't even, that's my my, uh, imaginary stamp that I have. So there it is. There is your NBA playoff or stay off. The Jazz will make it. The Spurs will make it. The Clippers and Kings will not. The Lakers will get in at number eight. They won't make it to that seventh spot because they're going to have to pass the Spurs. And they are, well, okay, let's see. They're four games back. Of the Spurs, that's not a huge deficit, but there's not a lot of time. You know what, I'm going to I'm gonna go bold here. I'm going to say the Lakers get into the playoffs and they jump up to number 7. More so than just making the playoffs, they get to number 7, they get that first round matchup that they want against Denver, and then they'll lose in the second round. I mean, I think that's a pretty solid ending to this year. And I think in the very, when I started, um, or not when I started the podcast, but the very first um NBA episode we have and we were I think I had the Lakers like number 3 or 4 and that you know that sounds crazy now but at one point the Lakers were number 4 in the west they were up there and then LeBron James went down Rondo went I mean they had so many injuries this year it's, it's really unfortunate they got bit by the injury bug I think they will they will scrape together enough wins to pass the Spurs at 7 the Spurs will go to 8 and we will see uh another Golden State and Spurs Uh, beatdown so everyone everyone gets what they want I think the the Lakers will get in at seven the Spurs will drop to eight uh there it is there's your NBA playoff or stay off 2019 it's probably going to be the final one I mean I don't know how much closer we can get to the end of the season but there it is the Lakers will make it uh and the Heat will make it the Lakers and the Heat will both leapfrog their way into the playoffs now it's time for the quote of the week got a good one Okay, let's finish it off strong everybody. Time for the quote of the week. Uh quote, I don't want and this one kind of gives you who made the quote in the quote itself, but that's not the point. Here we go. I don't want to be Oh wait, I didn't say it. Quote, I don't want to be called AB. Call me Mr. Big Chest. Antonio Brown. On I think it was Instagram story, might have been Instagram live. Uh, okay. So let me lay the precedent for this. I have a, I'm about to go off on Antonio Brown. Just get ready. Uh, he just officially requested a trade, I guess. And he said he worked things out with the Rooney family, but he still wants a trade. So I don't know what that means. If you were, if you tell someone it doesn't make any sense. That's like your girlfriend breaking up with you And she wants you to understand why she's breaking up with you. She's just trying to explain things. It doesn't mean you're friends or you get to be friends or it doesn't mean you get to stay. She just wants you to understand why you're not good enough for her. So I I don't understand that one bit. Well, we we worked things out. We cleared the air. But by the way, I don't ever want to see your face again. This doesn't make any sense to me. So I thought that was stupid. Um, And then he goes on Instagram and he's been tweeting a lot. I don't follow him because I don't have the stomach to nod to. I don't have the stomach to tolerate his his content on, on social media. So I don't have him on Instagram. I don't have him on Twitter, because I don't I don't have the time to put up with Antonio Brown. Um but I, I've heard it's been in the news, like his tweets have been in there. He's just been going off nonstop, tweeting and posting on Instagram, a bunch of stuff. And it's actually devaluing his trade. And some people say, Well, it's a mastermind deal. He's trying to devalue his trade so much that he gets cut and then he gets to go wherever he wants. Look, I said this a while back. The Steelers have become quite possibly the most petty franchise in the NFL. They're not giving Antonio Brown... Oh, excuse me. They're not giving Mr. Big Chest what he wants. I can almost bet my house he is not going to play for the San Francisco 49ers because that's the number one spot on his list. They're not giving him what he wants. Um, a lot of people are talking about the Packers, which made me feel good because I brought it up. But I did bring up that, you know, potentially he can go to the Packers just because it's the frozen tundra. But if you put Antonio Brown next to Aaron Rodgers, good god that is i mean it's i can't even imagine what that's going to look like for the rest of the league you give aaron Rodgers antonio brown and you're going to have a problem but that's not the point of this the point of this is antonio brown is now the biggest doofus in quite possibly north american sports he might be the dumbest man In North American sports, this is just beyond stupid. You're trying to get traded. You're trying to, I mean, your team is trying to trade you. And you're going around telling people, hey, my old nickname that I gave myself, forget it. Here's a new nickname that I gave myself. And it's called Mr. Big Chest. And, you know, God bless Antonio Brown. He makes a lot more money than me or you, and he's a buffoon. I mean, Antonio Brown is just flat-out stupid, and he makes millions and millions of dollars. So, I mean, I guess he wins here. I guess between you and me, he he wins because he makes millions of dollars. He is uber-talented. That is, There's no arguing that, but this is just stupid. And he has a Larry Bird mustache now. If you haven't seen Antonio Brown, go look him up. He has a blonde mustache like Larry Bird, and we are talking. And again, this isn't just coming up. Oh, he's a doofus now. Remember a few years ago when he had the Lego Man haircut? When he had like a flat top with another flat top on Antonio Brown is a buffoon, and he's getting on my last nerves. And we're not even. This is just the beginning. He just requested a trade. We're going to have to talk about Antonio Brown from now until next August. So I mean, it. I am not excited. To cover and talk about Antonio Brown in the months, uh, you know, upcoming, he is just a buffoon. He's a a dumb man, is what he is. And you know, credit to Le'Veon Bell, he, the dumbest thing he did was tweet upside down, but you didn't hear a peep out of Le'Veon Bell. And now he's a free agent. Now he can do whatever he wants. Le- Le- Le'Veon Bell is off scot-free. Antonio Brown has done nothing. He's still on the Steelers. They could—I mean, if they really wanted to mess with him, they could force him to play like they did to Le'Veon Bell, and then maybe he force his hand, like, and say, either you're going to play for us or you're not going to play at all. You make that decision. And uh, you know, I'd love to see that at this point. I just want to see the Steelers. Now I'm on the Steelers side. I want Antonio Brown to go to the worst possible situation imaginable and I still think it's the Arizona Cardinals because they are a god-awful football team and I don't even though it's warm weather, he'd have that. He's not doing anything. He's going to get paid millions of dollars to be a fantasy player and maybe not even that because look what they did to David Johnson. They made him into a bum. So I hope sincerely Antonio Brown goes to the Arizona Cardinals um, just because, you know, I'm so, Oh, excuse me. I'm, I'm sorry. I've been misspeaking this whole time. It's Mr. Big chest. His new name is Mr. You know what I would like? I think it'd actually be funny if he got his name on the back, like, like Ocho Cinco. And just put big chest on the, that would be awesome. if he, he could instantly turn me in from a hater into a fan, if he changed his last name and he got big chest on the back of his Jersey, that would be fantastic. I would actually enjoy that. Um, and at that point, we'd have to call him Antonio Big Chest. And then he'd literally be Mr. Big Chest. Um, and I'm a, I'm a skinny guy. If you guys know me personally, I don't know, some of you guys, if you're listening because you found me on Anchor, um, thank you and hello, by the way. <laughs> I didn't know. if Most of the people who listen are people that I know. But I'm a very slender guy, okay? I don't think... I might be like 110 pounds soaking wet with a backpack on. But, I mean... Antonio Brown is not the biggest man in the NFL or even close to it. Who are you to call yourself Mr. Big Chest? And it wasn't a money thing like some people, I don't know, a treasure chest. It's not that. It's his physical chest, his pectoral muscles. He's not that big. Antonio Brown is really not that big. The only receiver that can call himself Mr. Big Chest is maybe Julio Jones and then going back a little bit further, Calvin Johnson. You're neither of those. This is so... Stupid and I'm glad we I'm glad he gave me this honestly. I should be thanking Antonio Brown because he gave me like six to ten minutes worth of of angry content, you know, to close out the show. I just I hate this. I'm glad that I get to I'm glad as you know a a podcaster, but I'm furious as an NFL fan that this is you know this is news. Call him Mr. Big Chest. From so from now on, Antonio Brown, he's he's Mr. Big Chess. That's his name. And it's not a treasure chest, not to you know his money or whatever. It's his physical chest. He's got the biggest pecs in the NFL, which he doesn't. I'm saying in his in his own brain, in his walnut his walnut sized cranium, he has the biggest chest in the NFL. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Actually, you know where I would like to see him, not being a hater and not being uh, you know a supporter of big Mr. Big Chest, but. I honestly think the Houston Texans, if they were to bring him in, good lord, what would they do? You have DeAndre Hopkins and Antonio Brown, and then because you don't know what you're going to get from Will Fuller, he tore his ACL again. Um, you know, I feel bad for him. I like Will Fuller; he scores a lot of touchdowns, he's a great fantasy player. But he's gotten hurt again. You don't know what you're going to get from him if and when he does come back. And Demarius Thomas likely not to return to Houston, so you do need another receiver if you're Houston. Um, I would. I think if they went, if they went after. And uh, excuse, Mr. Big Chest, and they paired him with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. They have to be legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Like, uh, immediately, I think that puts them pretty much over the top, it, definitely in the South. For sure, they win the South, and I think they would have to be Super Bowl favorites, you know, or they'd have, yeah, they'd have to be favorites in the AFC and then favorites to win the Super Bowl. That would be really interesting. That'd be fun to watch, you know, that really would. Mr. Big Chest, he's a big personality, obviously. DeAndre Hopkins, I think, is the best overall receiver in the game. Um, and then working together, whew, that would be, that'd be fantastic. But if Mr. Big Chest makes any more stupid comments like this one, I would prefer him to land in Arizona because then he wouldn't be having any fun, and I would be having all of the fun. That ends our show this week. A little bit angrier than I would like to have ended it, but uh, you know I hope you got a good laugh out of that because I certainly did. I was laughing hysterically, and then I just got angry. It was a quick. Uh, turn of, of emotions for me. I was laughing at Mr. Big Chest and then I got angry because I thought to myself, he, well, he actually means this. He's literally want, he wants you to take him seriously as Mr. Big Chest. And, uh, that's, that's what really made me mad. So, uh, yeah, Mr. Big Chest, uh, officially on the trade market. So, you know, get your phone, You uh, start dialing NFL GMs. That is the end of our show. This week we did some uh, tobacco, well I don't need to summarize for you, or do I? Or maybe, okay, I'll do it anyway just because I love you guys. Uh, t- we did Tobacco Road, we did uh, you know, Zion Williamson's injury, should he play, should he not? I would like to see him play, uh, he probably will not. Then we did NBA playoff or stay off, um, that's become a fan favorite. Uh, I'm kind of like Mr. Big Chest, in that I'm just self-proclaiming things. Like Nobody told me anything about <laughs> playoff or stay off and I just decided it's a fan favorite, everybody loves it. Uh, and then we had this uh, fantastic quote of the week. So you can listen on Apple Podcasts, which you may already be doing at this current moment in time. If you are, please subscribe, leave a review, send to your friends. Uh, it would be greatly appreciated by uh, yours truly. You can listen on Anchor Podcasts, um, which you may already be doing as well. If you are doing that, please subscribe uh, or is it follow. I don't know what it is on Anchor, but you know, do what you got to do. Uh, Leave an applause. You can applaud me on Anchor. As obnoxious as that sentence just was, it's actually true. You can applaud people's podcasts on Anchor. So uh, please go ahead and do so. That would make me feel uh, very nice. And you can listen on Spotify. So there's that also. I don't know anyone who listens on Spotify. But if you do, uh, I appreciate you just as much. Because I really really do appreciate that. Spotify is a pretty, uh, you know, I'm using air quotes here, a cool platform. You know, I think it's pretty cool to say, yeah, I'm on Spotify. Like I can just go around and tell people hey, I'm on Spotify, and they just quickly run away before they ask, uh, what are you on What are you on there for? Because, you know, this podcast isn't that great. So, um, yeah, I'll talk to you guys uh, next week. Uh, any games on this weekend? Uh, Duke and Syracuse round two um, in the Carrier Dome. So, yeah, there's that. And, uh, and, oh, NBA game. What am I talking about? There's plenty of NBA games on tonight. Uh, Lakers and Rockets in Staples Center. That one's 7.30 Pacific time. Um, it's the first time since, you know, that big brawl that they have. That they're all healthy. Everyone's going to be playing. So, you know, be on the lookout for that. Uh, You know, some great basketball, and I'll uh, talk to you guys next week.